0: Our daughter, Ellen, spent three summers working for Project Transformation, which is a ministry actually started by the United Methodist Church. It's located in United Methodist Churches, and it's a literacy and life skills program for children and youth who are living in impoverished communities. Now, one summer, Ellen's home base for Project Transformation was Christ Foundry, which is a United Methodist Church located in the Bachman Lake area of Dallas, if you're familiar with that area. And the kids there faced a lot of challenges. Um, There was a lot of gang activity in the area. Um, Some of the children had parents who worked so many different jobs trying to make ends meet. They were left uh, at home alone for very long periods, unsupervised. Um, And unfortunately, as well, many people in the community uh, both sold and used drugs, so that the kids faced a lot of challenges. But Ellen said, one of the most serious was food insecurity. That in that community, there were children and youth who literally did not know where their next meal was coming from, and so food was on their mind all the time. Now, the local food bank brought lunch every day for the staff and for the kids at Project Transformation, but the the meal was really small. Um, Ellen said it was a sandwich on a a dinner roll about the size of your fist, if you can imagine that, with two tissue paper-thin slices of lunch meat on it and a slice of cheese, and then the rest of the meal was a chunk of pineapple and five cherry tomatoes. That was it. That was the whole lunch for, for, for children and uh, for teenagers. Um, and so even the, the adult volunteers were really hungry in the afternoon after lunch each day, but they, they did their best to reserve parts of their own meal daily to, to share with the kids because they saw how hungry they were. They saw what ongoing hunger like that can do to a person. Ellen said that their bodies would be engaged in an activity, but their minds, would be focused on that dinner roll. You see, when you're hungry like that, bread takes on an elevated meaning. It's, it's more than just an add-on or an extra. It's, it's a basic, fundamental need. It's a fundamental, daily need. And when you don't have that, well, it's hard to move on to anything else. Now, frankly, I know that a lot of us, a lot of us watching this sermon, a lot of us here this morning are, are the kind of people who, who might have a hard time connecting with the idea of being so hungry for daily bread. We, we have more than we need, and, and a lot of us are under doctor's orders to eat less. But people in Jesus' day, they would have understood that deep, need for daily bread, that incredible hunger, because so many of the people Jesus ministered with were poor, and bread each day was what they lived on, and they knew what it takes to have it, you know, what it takes to have bread each day. They, They understood that there had to be good rain, and a good grain crop brought in, and then every day someone had to grind the grain and make the bread and lay it out to bake. And if the rain didn't come, and if, if the grain crop wasn't good, and if nobody did the hard work, well, there, there wouldn't be any bread. Bread, you see, for them on a daily basis was ultimately, a, well, it was the difference between life and death. It was the difference between a full stomach and clutching hunger. So, friends, I don't think it's surprising at all that when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he included this petition, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, Lord, give us what we need for our sustenance today. We can't go down to H-E-B. There is no freezer in the garage. We need the basics to get by today, not enough to hoard, not enough that it's a storage problem. Lord, just, just give us today the daily bread that we need. And when we pray that prayer, friends, no matter what our circumstances, we are acknowledging our dependence upon God for the most basic things of life. We are acknowledging that we are not fully self-sufficient, that ultimately everything we need to live comes from God. Again, we are dependent upon God, and moreover, when we pray that prayer, Give us this day our daily bread. We are acknowledging God's goodness. That we worship a God who is so good, who loves us so much, that that God, the master of the universe, is concerned with our daily need for something as mundane as bread. Now, friends, when someone who is physically starving prays that prayer, give us this day our daily bread, when they're physically hungry, they're food insecure. How does God answer that prayer, do you think? How does God provide the bread that they are praying for? Well, in the book of Exodus, when the Hebrew people were out wandering in the wilderness after they had escaped slavery in Egypt and they were starving, they cried out and God rained manna from heaven for them. Do you remember the story? And then each day they could take a basket and fill it up and and eat what they could, take their fill that day and be satisfied, but we know it doesn't work that way today. That's not how it works for us now. A hungry person can't walk out their front door in the morning and find that bread has rained from the sky overnight. They, They can't go to their pantry and find that food has just appeared there. Friends, how does God answer the prayer for daily bread for people who are physically hungry? The way God tends to answer so many prayers. God sends people, right? God sends us. That, for some reason, seems to be God's preferred manner. Our holy God tends to want to work through ordinary people like you and me. So, God sends people, and the prayer reflects this. You notice that we pray, Give us this day our daily bread. There is no my or I or mine in that phrase, is there? In fact, There's no my or I or mine in the entire Lord's Prayer. It's a communal prayer. So when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are asking for bread not only for ourselves but for our neighbors, and in that we are acknowledging God's claim on our life through the gift of bread and our responsibility to do our best by the grace of God to meet the needs of our incredibly hungry neighbors. There's a great story about a pastor who was on a flight from Wichita to Denver. And as he was getting on his plane, he noticed a very young man, probably 25 years old, being pushed onto the plane in a wheelchair. And he, he watched as he sat down sort of catty corner across the aisle from this young man as as the flight attendants and some others worked to get him out of his wheelchair and strapped into a seat. He was clearly paralyzed, Um, the pastor thought maybe from the shoulders down. So, the plane took off, and once they were at cruising altitude, the flight attendants moved through the cabin to serve the evening meal, you know, your chicken or beef. So, the Pastor had his meal before him and he began to eat it when he glanced up and he noticed that paralyzed young man. The flight attendant had put down a tray in front of him and there was a meal sitting there, but the young man couldn't feed himself. He could only sit there hungry and look at the meal. Now the pastor looked around and the flight attendants were busy serving other passengers. It was, a, it was a full flight, big plane, lots of people, and there was no one to help this young man, and finally the pastor couldn't stand it anymore. So he got out of his seat, and he made his way up, and he, he sat down next to the young man, and he, he asked, can I, can I help you eat your dinner? And rather than being awkward, it was a sacred moment, he said. It was akin to communion. The young man was so grateful to have someone offer to feed him. And so the pastor did that. He sat there and he fed this young man his meal, wiped his face with a napkin, and then returned to his seat. And later, as he reflected on it, the pastor thought about this wonderful world that God has made for us and how it is a world of plenty. There is so, so much to share, and yet there are people in this world who are so hungry, and they cannot feed themselves for some reason or another. And they desperately wait, hoping that someone will step up and feed them, will provide the food that they need. And then the pastor thought about Holy Scripture. He thought about the time that Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I do. And then Jesus said, well then, feed my sheep. Church, I know you. I know your heart's. I know how tender-hearted you are and how faithful you are. I have seen that in you, and I know there isn't a single one of you who would have sat on that plane and watched that young man go hungry. None of you would have done that. Every single one of you, I know it, would have gotten up and helped him. Likewise, I know that you would not sit down next to a hungry child with a sack lunch and eat your sandwich while the child cried out in hunger. You wouldn't do that. You understand that we cannot enjoy our daily bread while our neighbor goes hungry. You understand that as we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, that in that prayer is embedded our responsibility to help feed our neighbor. And so you so generously support the ministries of this church and other ministries in the community that feed people, that meet this most basic need. And I want you to know, that all of us here at the church, we're we're dedicated to feeding people. We understand how essential that is, and we do our very best never to let anyone who comes here hungry leave that way. We don't want anyone to come to the Lord's house and leave hungry. So we do our best to feed them. That's what our Hope Center does. Our Hope Center feeds people. Our Asbury campus has a ministry called Food and Prayer, where they feed people, and we support many ministries in the community, such as the San Antonio Food Bank, for example, that feed people, that provide that daily bread. I'm so grateful for your generosity in supporting these ministries, and, and friends, i got to tell you, I'm already seeing it. As, as we begin to emerge out of the pandemic and move on to the next level of dealing with this, we are going to continue to see increasing numbers of our neighbors who are just so hungry. They've lost their jobs. Some of them are losing their homes as they're evicted. They don't have the ability to feed their children. These ministries that provide daily bread are going to be more important than ever before. So. If you feel called to do more, I urge you to give an extra financial gift to the Hope Center or to give an extra financial gift to the Asbury Food and Prayer Ministry or to give to the San Antonio Food Bank. We absolutely support their ministry in this community. If you've seen the lines of people waiting when they give away food, you know the need is great. They are tremendous stewards of what's entrusted to them. They truly provide people with that daily bread they need. Now, friends, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, Holly, this is all well and good. But didn't Jesus say that we don't live by bread alone? That's true. He did say that. He said that we do not live by bread alone. The reality is that our need for bread transcends just the physical. We all need that basic need met. We, we need our stomach to have enough in it so that we are not distracted. But beyond that, all of us need the kind of bread that satisfies the hungry heart. Spiritual nourishment. And that's Jesus himself. For we remember that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus can be depended upon for that spiritual nourishment that will satisfy our hungry heart. As the saint says, we are restless until our souls rest in thee, O oh God. It is Jesus that fills that hole that makes us feel truly satisfied and secure, helps us know peace. You know, as a, as a pastor, um, over many years now, an important part of my ministry is visiting with people who are dying. I've been with many, many, many people through the years who have been dying, preparing to pass into God's hands. And I've been present many times when people have died for their moment of death. And I would say that maybe nine times out of ten, I think it's that much, probably nine times out of ten, if the person is conscious, I always ask people if they would like to pray and if there's something they would like to particularly pray for. Nine times out of ten, the dying person, if they can, will tell me they want to pray the Lord's Prayer. Nine times out of ten. We love that prayer this holy gift from God. We love this prayer. It has such beautiful words, and it's so comforting to us. So it's not surprising, really, to me that that people ask to pray the Lord's Prayer as they're dying. So I've sat with many, many people and held their hand as we prayed that prayer together. And friends, when someone is in that place, which is a place we will all be in one day, And that dying person prays, give us this day our daily bread. What are they praying for? What daily bread are they asking God for in that moment? It's not physical bread. Not usually anyway. Most of the time when a person is very close to death, there's there's no more eating or drinking going on. Our wonderful God who has designed us with such wisdom has put into place a natural process that happens when we die, and part of that is the cessation of the need to eat and drink. So, people aren't usually asking for physical bread then. When they pray that, give us this day our daily bread, in that moment, friends, what are they asking for? They're asking for that spiritual nourishment. They're asking that Jesus would satisfy their hungry heart, They're praying that Christ will be with them and they're trusting in that assurance that God will walk them through the entire journey, that truly there are many rooms in the Father's house and one is reserved for them. They're asking for that assurance that the promise of everlasting life is real and that they will never, ever be lost, but always found in the Father's hand. And they're praying that the love that they have known and shared with people on this earth will not end when they die. They don't want to be separated forever from the ones they love and who love them. And they're looking for that assurance that those relationships matter and that love goes on. And my friends, I... I gotta tell you, as God is my witness, I have never prayed that prayer with a dying person without it being answered. When we ask for that spiritual nourishment, that daily bread, our God delivers. Because you see, our God is so good like that. Our God is so good. The one we call Father. The one we can trust like that, like a parent, a good parent. The one who is holy, hallowed, sacred, other. The one who is building his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven invites us to be a part of that incredibly holy work. And the one we can trust And we ask, give us this day our daily bread to deliver it for body, mind, and spirit. Friends, will you pray with me right now? Most loving God, we give you thanks for you are so truly good. And we thank you for this prayer that enables us to connect with you and to be reminded about who you are and who we are and what our lives are to be about. And Lord, we thank you that we can trust that you will give us our daily bread and invite us to be a part of the feeding of our hungry neighbors. Lord, thank you for your generosity and your provision. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us in worship today. I'm Senior Pastor Holly Gotelli. Alamo Heights United Methodist Church is a Christian community of love, hope, and belonging for all. To connect with us, visit ahumc.org or find us on social media.